This is CliffCentral.com. Hello and welcome to another In Conference with Michael Jackson podcast right here on your world's favorite podcast platform. This is CliffCentral.com. Uncensored, unscripted, unradio. And this particular podcast show is designed with you in mind. I'm a global conference speaker traveling the world, speaking at events across the planet. The people that I meet and share stages with are some of the most influential people in the world. And Gareth Cliff and myself figured it would be a really cool thing for you to meet them right here on cliffcentral.com. Regular listeners to this podcast will know as well that I'm very fond of homegrown South African talent. My guest for this episode is absolutely no exception. He is... Wow, how do I start to describe him? He's a speaker, certainly. He's an academic. But most importantly, he's a futurist. He identifies opportunities for the changing technological and social landscape around us and helps companies and people like ourselves prepare for a stronger future. His name, Peter Heldenhuis, the man is an absolute legend in conference circles. And joining us from some obscure part of the universe via Skype, once again, technology, let's welcome him to the show. Mr. Heldenhuis, Pete, it's a pleasure to have you with us. How are you, sir? I'm fine, Michael. Thank you for the opportunity. What have you been working on? What, uh, I mean, I've given you all that build-up now. Tell us what you're working on, what you're doing, and what you're currently engaged in. Uh, so, Michael, I'm looking at a couple of technology scenarios right now, um, and, and that changes every month. So uh, my current hobby, uh, after spending a couple of months on the virtual reality space and uh, getting my kids in, a, in an absolute spin, I'm working on uh, the integration on, uh, I think, one of the best home computers available, and that is the Amazon Echo. I don't know if uh, the listeners have heard of it, but it's a wonderful little machine, uh, excellent in terms of voice recognition. And I personally think it's the, it's the world's first uh, home computer. So currently I'm training my little uh, Amazon Echo to chat to my geezer and chat to everything else around me. Also hooking it up uh, with, with my personal shopping list. And what, what a pleasure. If you're cooking, you just simply say, Alexa, remember to add chicken to my shopping list. And on your phone, it appears. Um, so a wonderful piece of technology. And we're currently looking at integrating that into a variety of things. So th- those are the things I'm doing on a, a, as a hobby. Uh, and uh, then I'm taking a look at a wonderful range of new technologies that I'm sharing with the industry out there, giving them an update of how technology will shape our lives. Wow. I mean, it's inc- how, do, how does one become what you are, this incredible futurist, this technological specialist? I mean, you, you, you're talking about stuff that I'm going to have to go and Google straight after this podcast now. I'm as an echo and all those kind of things. Wow. It's how do you how did you get there, Pete? Um. You might, I've got a, a training as an electronic engineer, so I've got a deep level of training, uh, uh, but I wasn't a very good one. I think I, I messed up too many projects in my life, so I'm far better at using them than actually building them. Um, I did a stint, uh, as, as most engineers would do, I did an MBA, and then for about 20-odd years, I gave class in technology strategy at a variety of universities. So my love for technology and how to position companies to become more strategically uh, or positioned in a changing technological world, that was really my passion. And uh, I've been teaching that for the last 20-odd years and um, been doing a tremendous amount of corporate training programs focusing on uh, utilizing innovation and technology to change business models around us. And uh, I think from there, my love for public speaking has arisen, and uh, that's what I do on a, on a weekly basis. I, I love to chat to companies and tell them what's, what's coming. What is coming? What are the three things that we need to watch out for right now? 
I think there's a couple of things that we need to realize. I think uh, one of the things that's under the radar is robots. Uh, an unbelievable change is uh, coming into our lives in the next couple of years in terms of robots. We've had robots cleaning our homes and cutting our grass for a couple of years, but uh, I think that's one of the, the trends that we haven't seen. Virtual reality have just launched. Um, I think the virtual reality revolution is at the cusp of exploding, either as being a virtual reality kit that you get uh, from Oculus Rift to experience world in a, in a virtual space. And when we talk about virtual reality, we're talking about an environment where the quality of the uh, equipment is of such a nature that you will not distinguish reality from virtual reality. So I think that is, for 2016 is going to be one of the interesting technologies to watch. Um, we've been talking about this for years, and now it's here. You can now buy a very, very good virtual reality kit for about two or 3,000 rand. It's and really changing the world. So robots, virtual reality, and the third thing? Um, everyone knows about self-driven cars. I just don't think that people realize how quickly this is going to change our lives. I think by 2020, there's going to be a tremendous amount of countries that will allow self-driven cars. Um, and I think that's one thing we underestimate, how quickly this specific trend will be accepted worldwide, mainly because everyone is moving to cities, massive amount of gridlock on our, on our highways. And if only 20 or 25% of cars on those highways are self-driven, it has shown to actually double the capacity of the highways because they don't go into the, the knee-jerk knee reaction of braking for every single event. Um, so I think there's a, these are the trends that, although we know of them, we don't really anticipate or we don't really know the impact they will have on our lives in five years from now. Now, it's intriguing that you as a futurist and innovation technology specialist are saying that because many people will be listening to this podcast around the world going, robots, yeah, they're toys, Oculus Rift, virtual reality. I mean, it's cool, and I'm sure that porn and you know virtual porn will start soon, and maybe that's a little thing that people will go and literally play with. Um, and self-driven cars... Uh, I mean, you know, are they likely on South Africa's roads, for example? Self-driven public taxis in South Africa would solve an awful lot of bloody traffic problems. But people look at this stuff unlike yourself and often think, isn't it just a little bit of gadgetry? I mean, you're saying these three things in particular within the next four years are going to make a fundamental change to our lives. Is it that real? Well, let me give you a couple of scenarios. Um by 2020, with the World Cup in um, uh, Tokyo, we anticipate a number of virtual reality cameras in the soccer stadium and in the, the rugby stadiums. And that means that you can put on a pair of goggles and you will fundamentally be within the stadium. You, by putting your earphones on, you'll be able to see everything um, in real time as it happens. And if your team is on the other side of the field, you'll simply swap cameras and you'll be able to experience what it feels like for an individual sitting in a seat at the stadium in whatever direction you're looking at and whatever sound is available to the person in the stadium, you will be able to experience a couple of thousand kilometers away. So with our new fiber to the home capabilities uh, with 40 or 100 megabit per second, you will be able to stream individual streams, these unbelievable realities that you will experience in the comfort of your own home. And this isn't science fiction. This will happen by 2020. Um, you'll be able to log on to a live concert of Billy Joel in Sweden, and you'll pay a 200 or 300 rand admission fee, but you will be inside the stadium, and you can then choose between five or six different spots in the arena um, to actually get that experience. So if you want the real experience, go stand in line, get trampled at your local mall, um, you know, get some beer spilled on you, and then put your virtual reality goggles on, and you will feel as if you're really there. 
Uh, remember, the difference between virtual reality and reality is the amount of data that falls into our senses. That's it. So this, we are at the cusp of a major revolution. Another example is the Microsoft HoloLens technology, which will allow us to, beyond 2020, I, I imagine by about 2022-23, walk into a holodeck meeting room. And this means we'll fundamentally put these helmets on and walk into a predefined room that is similar around the globe. And as we sit down, other people will appear in chairs around us and we will be in a holodeck. Now, this isn't Star Trek science fiction. This is reality beyond 2020. So here's one, but one example of how we are fundamentally changing our world. Yes, in South Africa, we might not have the exact same infrastructure to allow driven, uh, self-driven cars, but on highways, um, though that technology is well established, and that's where the uh, biggest amount of um, congestion sometimes happens. So um, I don't foresee it being a problem, having a self-driven car in South Africa. On the motor vehicle front, we'll also see green and hybrid cars, where we will be able to charge our cars from, the, from solar panels, um, and we'll store it in a battery hanging on our wall. And at night when we come back, we simply recharge our car. So if you have a 50-kilometer trip on a daily basis to home and work, it's in the foreseeable future, you'll be able to uh, drive there completely on solar power. And that is within grasp. That's two, three years away, even in South Africa. We're seeing fundamental changes in car design where the entire car body becomes a battery. So you don't only have a separate battery in your vehicle. The, the body panels becomes a battery as well. And that enables you to utilize the, the structure of the car fully in terms of harnessing this wonderful nuclear reactor we have hanging in the sky calling the sun. Wow. I mean, many people talk of living in a world of disruption, but very few seem to understand it or quite grasp it the way that Peter Heldenhuis does. I mean, Peter, this sounds like a world that would frighten many people, but one in which you're looking absolutely forward to, yes? Michael, there's unbelievable opportunities. We, we can't really predict exactly when technology will take off, but once it does, there's a number of very logical things that will happen. Let's take a look at this, the structure of cities. Uh, London 2025, we anticipate that London will say, if a car isn't self-driven, it's not allowed in the city center, as easy as that. And that means that the capacity in London will be doubled. But it'll also change things, because in the past, we had to be in close proximity to our own vehicle. So you will have a car dropping you off at your work, and you'll tell your car now, go and park 20 kilometers on outside the boundaries of the city center. And then you'll say, but, you know, pick three or four people up on the way there, make a bit of money. And you'll think further and say, no, no, cancel that. Why did you drive around all day and pick people up and simply drop them off where they need it? This will completely change the city center. Parking garages will make room for accommodation units and for office buildings. Um, you'll get garages that are branded linked to a car brand. So you'll get Toyotas driving into a Toyota building where they will simply go and park and charge themselves for about an hour. Uh, for, from solar arrays, and then they'll drive back and go and pick you up. You might even have a car doing your own shopping for you. Now, this sounds a bit crazy, but it, it is all in the realm of possibilities because you chat to Amazon Alexa, as I'm doing today, and I'm picking up my shopping list. And as the car is parked, being charged next to a big retailer, it simply loads all of that in the boot of the car, and it comes and picks you up. But that means that we're going to start getting vehicles that will start changing. We're going to see a tremendous uh, amount of variety in vehicles on the roads. In my example, there will be a 
a car with a, a, a cooled boot mm-hmm. where you can store your shopping in. Or there will be vehicles that will look completely different and can be portable offices where you can park and, and take out your notebook, your electronic gear, and you have a portable office. So from about 2030 onwards, we're going to see fundamental changes in how we view personal transport. Now that we don't have to be linked to it, it can be completely autonomous and come as, and can and can pick us up whenever we want to. But we have to realize what the impact of that will have on the environment around us as well. And the example of what will happen to cities is a good one. Now, that's what you're doing, really, in terms of your, your lecturing, your speaking, your conference appearances. You're helping people in companies recognize the realistic world of change and gearing them up to be better prepared for it, whether directors or employees. Is that correct? That is about 10% of what I do, Michael. Um, the rest of the work that I do is I give people the skills and the techniques uh, in managing this world of change, and that's really what I do. So uh, in my public speaking career, I normally talk about what will happen. In my training career, I talk about what you need to do in order to get there. And this means that we need to change how we look at the world of management. Um, if we take a look at the world of management right now, fundamental changes are happening. We are seeing the old idea of yearly performance reviews are being thrown out. General Electric that created it, that created that idea, has now thrown it out as being unworkable. So if anyone else says, why are you still doing it? Well, no one else really is that's, that are thinking. And there's a fundamental shift in how we manage companies. And we can link that to the ontology of complex adaptive systems in a world where we cannot really predict what will happen in the next year or two years. We can't really predict exactly what will happen. And that means that we have to be far more agile in order to react to uncertain circumstances. And as the world becomes more integrated and more information flows, our predictive models that this will be the input and that will be the output is no longer working. Uh, Our idea of seeing the world through a, a a lens of science where this is the input and that will become the output will be changed. And we'll have to take a look at looking at the world through the lens of nature where a certain input occurs and a variety of outputs may occur. And in this world of agility and adaptability, that becomes the key to unlocking the secrets of the future, not your long-term strategic planning, but your ability to react to changes very quickly because we live, we are moving into a world of increased uncertainty. There was never more a true statement than adapt or die. And you've just heard about it on this podcast with Peter Heldenhaste.com. Peter is at Peter Helden, uh, Heldenhaste.com, P-I-E-T-E-R, Heldenhaste.com. Just Google it. You're going to find him. I mean, the man's everywhere. He is the inside of the World Wide Web, and he is the ultimate top futurist. Peter, I've got to say farewell. Unfortunately, 15 minutes flies by. Many people could spend 15 months listening to you. I've enjoyed doing that uh, in terms of your 45-minute keynotes and, and spending time with you at airports and conferences around the world. I urge you all, listeners, go to peterheldenhaste.com. It's, wow, it's just absolutely amazing. I've got to say goodbye, Peter. Cliff Central. The revolution. I've got something important to tell you. Cliff Central. Oh.